As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsung with you. It's a Monday night. We're recording this one. You'll hear it Tuesday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Oh, Allison, we got to get this news about the hub cities from the NHL. It's really not that big a deal, I guess. It just seems like it's the first big bit of news here in a while. Um, news this weekend that the determination will be made or at least announced, on Monday. And many, many people think Vegas is for sure a hub. Columbus is still in the mix. Uh, the, so it looks like this. If and I spoke to some people here locally who are involved in the process, they've said it's been really, really quiet the last few days. And how um, should we interpret that, that quiet? Yeah, well, that's the question. They were kind of kicking it around, too. Like, what do you think that means? Um, I mean, I guess the suspicion is if the NHL uh, were to pick Columbus, they would be having fast and furious conversations with them right now. Mm. We do know that they're watching and waiting and looking at numbers. One of the things that's really helping Columbus is the coronavirus numbers. They're not great anywhere, but they're better here than they are most places. Yes. Um, So that's good. But it looks like Vegas. The other thing that, that I think everyone's waiting on is the three Canadian cities and really the Canadian government, is the Canadian government going to lift the 14-day quarantine coming into the country? Or will they make, if not totally lift it, just make an exception for the NHL? You know how Canada feels about about the NHL. Um, If ever a country were to make an exception for hockey, it is is Canada. Um, So these things are kind of percolating. Columbus still in the mix. Among the 10 teams, looks like Vegas is one of them. Don't know if there's going to be an East and a West or if it's going to be two Wests um, doing this. But, uh, Allison, it, I mean, Columbus Blue Jackets Arena District Olympic Village style setting, it seems like it would be workable. What, what, what are your thoughts on what you've heard about the proposal and why you think it might work? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, people might accuse me of being a homer on this, but when this concept got announced months ago, time is a flat circle right now, but um, Columbus, 
immediately sprung to mind whether or not the Blue Jackets were involved because of first and foremost of the ice that's accessible in a, in a close proximity. Second, uh, and maybe this should have been first, um, is their, their management to date of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and then third, I do think that there is a, a nucleus of an area where players and team personnel and league personnel can be. You know, there's some of the cities give me pause. You and I have talked about this. I'm, I'm concerned about LA um, with, in terms of the impact of how they're trying to move through managing um, some social unrest there that needs to be addressed um, to drive some equality there. But there's a lot happening in that area. I get Vegas, but part of me also on some level feels like it, it's almost like putting someone you know, where all the riches are just out of reach, yes. right? Like these guys can't go to casinos and the like. Um, we've talked about Pittsburgh and, and how the rinks are, are not necessarily as close as they are in Columbus. So not everyone's in one hotel in Columbus, which I know has been something that, that people have talked about being important. But there's a little collective of restaurants and entertainment and hotels close to the rink, walking distance, safe walking distance where you're not going through a lot of other stuff going on in the city, be that business or social or what have you. I think Columbus should be a, a valid contender. Um, maybe it doesn't have the quote unquote street cred or the flash of a city that people know well, but I think if, if the league is being honest about what's important to them, I think it fits outside of Canada, obviously having the ties to the sport. And of course the economic benefit of, of the exchange rate being favorable to the league um, if hockey is played in Canada. But yeah, I, I, it surprises me that Columbus doesn't stay more in the conversation. I can't say they'll get the opportunity, but it surprises me when they're not one of the first few teams um, on the list. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really think it's perception uh, anymore. I think it's more just the league. Like you said, Vegas has got so much opportunity with hotel rooms. It yeah. is a little bit like you can look at the menu, but you can't order anything. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Um, Cause you're not going to be going to <laughs> <laughs> casinos, uh, sports books. Yeah. Um, but you know, they want to have one in, in, in Canada if they can. For sure. For so, sure. I mean, I think Columbus, if you, if there was an interesting story written by Mike Russo and, and Joe Smith from the athletic uh, chapters in St. Paul and Tampa Bay, respectively, uh, sort of ranking the teams and where it stands right now. And it looks by their reporting as though Columbus may be uh, sort of just outside the, mm -hmm. the, um, the top two choices. So, you know, I, I mean, Hey, they're, they're in the hunt. There's a lot of teams, a lot of cities that didn't even consider. Um, and, it, and I don't know really how much it ultimately matters to be honest. With right. You. Um, right. You know, they may not get to play in their home arena anyways. So right. they may be going to Vegas or, or Los Angeles if they don't host. So anyways, that, that could be coming, uh, that could be next week's podcast uh, topic on Tuesday because they may make the announcement on Monday. A um, couple of the things kicking around the league right now, NHL awards ballots um, are due at 5 PM tonight. They were due three and a half hours ago. So in under the, under the wire, hopefully everybody got their votes in the Masterton trophy voting is due by Thursday. Uh, Blue Jackets, forward Nathan Kirby seems to be a strong candidate there. Allison, let me back up just a half step. NHL awards this year, who among the Blue Jackets do you think has 
a chance in in what categories? There's somebody that leaps off the page there as a strong candidate. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that Elvis Merzlikens uh, deserves time in the Calder conversation. I don't think he's one of the top two or three candidates, if we're being right. honest. Um, but I could see that. Um, this is not an award that uh, we, the media, vote on. But I, I have said this repeatedly that I think John Tortorella should be one of the top candidates for the right. Jack Adams. Um, not one that we pick, but um, I, it, it's a sleeper pick. I don't know if I love it, but I, I could see. I think Riley Nash's two-way mm. game was one of its strongest this year. So if you're if you're looking there, um, but you know this is this is a team that. Um, they knew they had to play by committee to get it done this year. They did that. They also had a lot of injury. And so while I don't want to take anything away from the individuals on this team, I don't think this is a, a trophy laden off season for them Absolutely. just because of, of what they went through. Absolutely. So the broadcasters vote for the Jack Adams trophy. Correct. So one way to think of that is if John Tortorella doesn't win, the Jack Adams. It's on Jeff Rimmer. I was going to say, yeah. we blame Jeff Rimmer. It's on Jeff Rimmer. The general managers vote for the Vezina, okay. which is hilarious, and they're terrible at it. <laughs> they're terrible at it because every year, like, 14 goalies get first place votes, which means right. the GMs are just voting for their own guys, which is like, okay, right. you've, now lost, you've now lost the responsibility, in my opinion. Right. Um, they usually get the right guy, it seems like, but there's, there's a substantial substantial amount of homerism that goes on. Um, but the, yeah, the writers vote for a, a ton of these. I'm not going to reveal my ballot. They've asked us not to until the awards are, are given. And who knows how that's going to go this year. I can't imagine there's an award show. Right, right. When the hell would they do that? Like in between rounds two and three of the draft or something. I mean, <laughs> God. it's going to be a wild uh, off season whenever the hell that is. Um, let's get to some blue jackets news too. We had a story up this morning um, about Josh Anderson and how the hope really that the Blue Jackets uh, could have Josh Anderson back uh, for the playoffs, whatever that looks like, the qualifying round of the playoffs. While it's not totally out of the question, it seems unlikely and it's not going to be as early as they want. We talked to a source close to Josh Anderson uh, who said that the shoulder surgery recovery uh, is going to keep him out of games until September. So now let's back up a second. We're not, we're not in the business here of questioning anybody's injuries because that's not cool. Uh, but when he had the surgery done March 2nd, Allison, it was a four to six window recovery. That's four to six months. Yeah. Yep. Is that what I said? Four to six months. Right. Uh, so that's yep. early July to early September. So if he healed quickly and was on the early end of things, he, in theory, could have been ready a week before the Blue Jackets started training camp or is expected to start training camp on July 10th. Now it looks like it's going to be uh, September before he plays, which means that the Blue Jackets are not going to have him uh, at least until the second round, midway through the second round, maybe the third round, which means they'd have to survive the qualifying round against Toronto, best of five, and win one or possibly two best of seven series before they would have Josh Anderson at their disposal. Um, tell me your thoughts on this. It's a bit of a blow because we saw what that young man could do in a playoff series, how he can change uh, the tenor of a series, certainly with his physical play 
And now the Blue Jackets, while getting healthy, are still going to be missing one of their big guys. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, it was, I've shared this with a couple people. We've, we've been able to rewatch um, that sweep of the lightning from last year a couple times um, when Fox has re-aired it. And it, especially because Josh didn't play hardly at all this year, really um, to watch him in that playoff series is just kind of like this. Oh my God, look at what, what he was doing and can do. Um, so it's certainly a blow to this team that, that he may not be back, but um particularly after he goes through a summer where he can't bring that shoulder back to full health. Um, I, I'm always in the camp of get hundred percent healthy if you can first mm. and foremost. Um, and I think that, you know, we haven't been able to ask this question, but you know, we've, we've heard from Seth Jones and even Oliver Bjorkstrand that they were able to ease up on, on the push to get healthy um, with the pause, with both of their broken ankles. And, and we don't know if Josh has, has done something similar or perhaps had a setback that, you know, he needs to do this the right way. That is in his best interest and it should be in everyone who cares about him best interest to, to be fully healthy. Um, like you said, this is in the window of what we were originally told. So it didn't, you know, like make my eyes open up wide or anything like that. What, what concerns me, however, about it is that because of this crazy circumstance we're all in, let's assume this season finishes as projected. That means next season potentially isn't even starting till December. That's a long time to be off the ice for the player, for the team. It, that's, just, that's just a crazy amount of time to be away from the game, even if it's the right thing to do for you. Yeah, and to your point, he was hurt December 14th in Ottawa. Uh, or at least that was his last game. He said that that's when he was injured fighting. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll assume that's the shoulder he had fixed. So, yeah, it could be a full calendar year uh, before he's on the ice. Um, and yet there's a part of me, Allison, being honest here, that thinks any talk of Josh Anderson and Blue Jackets and next season is being optimistic or maybe I'm even being a bit naive in thinking that it could, that he could be playing here next season, because the, there's some stuff going around here that is, that's a little murky at best. I, I think Josh is standing within the club. I think we're fair to say has wobbled a bit. And I think there's still bad will from the previous contract. I don't care what anybody says that was ugly. Um, and there's, you see eye rolls, you talk to players who wonder what's going on as much as anybody else does here. How did this get to this point? And he is injured. So we got to be real careful with this. Like he clearly, clearly had an injury that needed surgical repair. So For sure. it's not like he was begging out of the lineup. Um, but I do think there's some who question whether he's done, did everything he could this season to play. And there's some who question if he wants to play for the Blue Jackets again or if he's done here. Now, just to look at his situation, he has uh, – he is a restricted free agent this offseason, again, whenever that business gets to, uh, gets to be handed to. He is a restricted free agent. The Blue Jackets will extend to him a qualifying offer because that's how they protect his rights. Right. He, he can he can accept the qualifying offer, um, in which case it's a one year deal. Or he can not accept the qualifying offer and he can file for arbitration, right. in which case it's a one year finding. 
So either by accepting or fighting it and going to, to arbitration, he can force things now so that after, at this point next year or whenever next season's over, I should say, 2021, he is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. It, I know many people around this league who feel like Josh Anderson's days in Columbus are numbered, that he's going to be traded. He would have been traded at the regular draft. He's going to be traded at the next draft and that the Blue Jackets are going to be very active on the trade front uh, this offseason. My question to you, Allison, and it is a loaded one. Oh, boy. Do you think Josh Anderson plays another game for the Blue Jackets again? I think I've asked you this before. Now with this bit of news today, what are your thoughts on this? I hate this question. Um, (laughs) It's hard because – I think that the other thing we haven't talked about in this situation is that if, and this is a big if, because we don't know, if Josh Anderson doesn't want to be here, which is what I have always hinged my opinions on. If Josh Anderson doesn't want to be here, the opportunities that lie waiting for him at other clubs have likely dwindled because this cap is not going to continue to go up over the next two years like one would have expected just four months ago. We're going to be returning to a very different financial situation for NHL clubs than what this league left when it hit the pause. And particularly if you want to go to a club with superstar talent, those clubs are going to be struggling to find ways to pay that superstar talent as is um, before being able to extend a massive payday. Um, So... Part of me, if I, okay, if I have to pick, I will, I will lean slightly towards um, there are some games at least next season in a blue jacket sweater, because I just don't think, I don't know that the appetite is going to be there minus some massive blockbuster trade. And I just, there's so much, there's so much up in the air. I feel like the risk tolerance has just dialed way, 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 way down. Um, So but you know what I, what I just wish in, in all of this, and I know this isn't how the game is played, but if we could just be honest about what's going on here, yeah. <laughs> it would sure be helpful. Right. right. And, and get beyond whatever the hell it is that's, that seems to be percolating behind the scenes with, with all of this. I mean, we, we had an interview with him last year before he had surgery. So it must've been in, um, he had surgery in March. So it must've been, I don't know, February. Like, yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Cause he was skating. Yeah, he was, he was skating, skating off the, the ice. And I mean, he said all the right things that he, yeah, sure. If the money's right, the deal's right. We'll, we'd sign here long-term. I don't, I think there's a lot of people that just don't believe that. Um, just, just don't believe that. And they feel like he, he wants out. I think he's played his last game for the blue jackets. I think, I think you, you bring up a really, really good point. Allison, that, that the finances could change such that the teams, you know, again, his contract for next year is not going to be crazy because it's going to be his right. qualifying offer or an ARB number. He might even, his agent might even say, accept the qualifying offer because that's going to, that's going to enhance the likelihood that you move. Right. Because even if he accepts that, the Blue Jackets cannot keep him and let him just go via free agency. They can't do that. They can't start right. doing this every year with players. Like that's a, and I right. still think, and I, I know what you're saying with the salary cap, but that is a player. He would come cheap the first year because the extension wouldn't kick in until the next year. 
but that is a player that there, there just aren't very many players. There's one of the really only one other player, Tom Wilson, right. who can play the game like Josh Anderson can when Josh Anderson's playing his best. And it, For sure. there, there's no team in the league that wants to get smaller and slower. Right. And he gives you right. the rarest combination. It's even more rare now than it's ever been. Um, I think there's going to be a market for him. I've said it for a while. I've had other teams tell me that this, that's where it's going, that the Blue Jackets are looking at Anderson and a defenseman for forward help. And that sounds like a significant forward to me um, because I would think that's yes, pretty good. For sure. And maybe, to your point, they can use the salary cap issues the other direction, that a team is, right. Is, right. is in real deep you-know-what. And here's a chance to get defensive help and to get a pretty damn good forward, at least for one year on the cheap, uh, sign him to an extension right. that doesn't kick in the next year. And you can unload some, some salary and some, and some talent and just sort of rebalance your, your lineup. I don't know what team that would be. It'll come into focus maybe more as the, once the off season hits, but it's going to be interesting to see how the, the Josh Anderson, um, drama settles down here. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is he is – he's back home rehabbing. You would think in a lot of cases um, a player like that would be in town for camp as long as they're able to skate and getting close to playing. And my, the indication I got is that it, it, it's not for sure that Josh Anderson is going to be here for training camp July 10. So I don't know what that means, if anything. But Yeah, and that's – I mean, listen, that's – that's so hard right now because, you know, we, we were talking about this before we started recording today. You know, if you look at what's happening in Major League Baseball right now, a league that guaranteed 100% they were going to yeah. have play. And, and now, of course, theirs is contract related, but they've also just had announcements of, of players and staff being tested positive for COVID-19. I mean, it's, it's a big ask if you're, if you're not in the U.S. already. Because if you travel into the U.S., you have to quarantine for two weeks by rule from the NHL before you can begin your training camp. And there, you still don't really know. <laughs> you still don't really know if this is all really going yeah. down. If, if he's not, if he's not going to be ready till September, it's just it's 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 such hard times to to figure out to put meaning on something or to not. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I wonder, and this has been kicked around by people too, like if you're a player and you're coming to training camp and there's a two week quarantine, is that for every country coming back to the U S Allison? That's my understanding. Yes. For the NHL. Yes. So you better get, you better hit the road because if, if right, camp exactly. starts the 10th, that puts you at like June 27th would be the minimum. Right. So, and where are we at the 15th? So you got maybe a week at home before you can safely head over. I wonder how many guys – the other thing, too, and, and we're talking so perhaps cavalierly about July 10th, and that's when training camp's going to start. There's no guarantee that that's when training camp starts. Well, exactly. And there's no thing. guarantee that the season gets off the ground. Um, there are a number of players right. that do not want to play. I think a lot of them will try to protect that in the event that, that the season does happen, that, that yes votes outweigh their no vote. But you wonder if there are right. going to be players that just turn down the chance to play period and what that would look like if they did well and, and that's i mean that's what i'm saying i mean we everything that we've just talked about with josh anderson is real and valid and needs to be weighed but at the same time if you're a professional athlete recovering from 
of quite significant surgery and it's June and you are pretty certain your body isn't going to be ready till September, why are you going to go through all this versus stay near your family, near your medical professionals, near your support structure for something that's truly, in, in my opinion, still not 100% guaranteed yeah. to get off the ground. And yet, if you think you can play and you wait too long, that's a bad look too. For sure. Yep. 100%. 100%. Are you still wearing polo blue from an old high school girlfriend? Still using that Brute 33 bottle your older brother gave you? You know, if you wear Old Spice, guys, women think you smell like their dads. Smelling good is important. Hawthorne smells really good. And getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy, and it happens to be the perfect gift for Father's Day. Take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you. One for work, one for play. It's totally risk-free, free shipping, and free returns. So check out Hawthorne. At Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co. And use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. And use promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. So Blue Jackets can bring, this is for all teams, 28 skaters and unlimited goalies. Um, Mm -hmm. I was thinking boy, this could be really interesting to make this list of players who would come. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's pretty easy, actually. There's, there's kind of a line of demarcation uh, right there. So I came up with 19 names at forward. I think they go 18, 10, and they can bring as many goalies as they want, Allison. But I've got them bringing four goalies because I think that's really all you can handle space-wise. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, so 18, 10, and 4. 18 gives them um, the, the opportunity to have even lines in practice, both for the, uh, for the regular ice and also the, the guys that aren't playing. So you've got um, that's six forward lines and five defensive pairs. Perfect, right? Yep. And I'm, I'm going to give you some names here at the bottom. These are guys that I've got on the outside looking in and tell me if you can make an argument that they should be in Columbus. Because suddenly, with all okay. of the injuries, and now most of the guys coming back healthy, not Anderson, not Dubinsky, but everybody else, you go, man, that's a lot of forwards. Um, Cole yeah. Sherwood, yeah. Calvin Thurkoff, Marco Dano. I've got those guys as the first – the guys who have played in Columbus this season who are probably not going to be brought back for camp. Any problems with any of them? Um, I mean, the only one that I might waver on is, is Sherwood, um, just because I really liked what he showed when he played this season, and then we never really saw him back up. And we talked to Chris Clark about that earlier this this off season, whatever this is. Um, but it, 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 you're right; it's, it's a clear line, and and I do particularly like your point of having a, a divisible yeah. by three number of forwards. Right? I think that's yeah. really really sound. so. Just listen to the depth that that's now accumulated. Be not just by the guys that have come back from injury, but the players who really helped their status during that stretch where they got opportunity to play, where you say, this guy's kind of a player. I kind of like having this guy around. Gerby sticks to mind. Um, but here are the names that I, we think are the 18. And again, Anderson's one of them, but he's that would be 19. He's got an asterisk right next, next to him because of the injury. Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course, Gustav Nyquist, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Nick Foligno, 
Cam Atkinson, Boone Jenner, Alexander Wenberg, Emil Bemstrom, Sonny Milano, oh, sorry, Riley Nash, <laughs> Alexander Texier, Eric Robinson, Nathan Gerby, Kevin Stenland, Jakob Lilia, Stefan Matteau, Devin Shore, Ryan McGinnis, Liam Fee. Yes. There's some players in there, Allison. That's some depth, eh? It is. And now I, but now, see, now maybe do the McInnes, Matteau, Sherwood yes. trio kind of circles in my mind. But, but I, that's not a fight that I'm going right. to really go to war for. But I think there's, there's room there. For sure. I'm really interested to see what Torella does with all of these guys. Because some of the guys that he came to trust because he needed to. I like the way Stefan Matteau played a lot, to be honest with you. I don't know how he gets in the lineup, though, if everyone's, right. if everyone's totally good going. Uh, defensively, Zach Wierenski, Seth Jones, healthy, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, <laughs> David Stavard, Marcus Nudevara, Ryan Murray, Scott Harrington, Dean Kukan. There's your top eight. And there's still, well, at least on paper. And there's still room for Andrew Peake, who I think is probably in the 6-7 range. Um, and Gabriel Carlson would be the 10th. And they've dressed 10 defensemen in Columbus this year. So there you go. <laughs> what does it say about me when I, when I counted up to 10? I'm like, well, that's not enough. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's how we think the game is played. <laughs> Particularly in the, for this team. I mean, even it's, it's funny. Again, when we go back and watch last year, and you look at that defensive core and everyone who was out last right. year for the playoffs – but it, I, I legitimately, without irony, looked and I said, well, they need more guys. <laughs> it's funny you said that. Because like, today I was like building this list. And I'm like, shit, they only bring 28? Like, well, that yeah, should be enough. Totally. That should be enough. Right. Like, you know, that's eight extras. Um, Goalie-wise, right. I mean, you bring the two from Columbus, Merzlikens, Corpusalo, the two that, that ran the show in, for most of the season in Cleveland, uh, Vavalainen and Kivleniak's. <clears throat> And I think the only question here is what do you do with, with Daniil Tarasov? I think you'd like to bring him over and you'd like for him to see NHL rinks and NHL facilities and maybe NHL shooters sort of get acclimated because he's going to be in North America next year. Or, but I don't think you, all, you don't want too many goalies either and four is plenty. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, you know, I think back to even last year when they had – three goaltenders actively um, playing with the team, practicing with the team, if you will. And, and it, this was no ding on any of the players, but it was crowded. That's a lot to manage. And, you know, I think if you, if you talk to even a player like Elvis now about being around the team last year during the playoffs, there's more to that than just the X's and O's on what's happening on the ice. They're seeing the crowd, there's being sold on the experience. And I think that again, the realities of what clubs and the league are dealing with, that it's maybe not as essential nor attractive uh, to, to push to get Tarasov over here. It just might, I mean, now if a bunch of Russians rent a plane and they're going to come over and there's a spot for him, is it easier to say jump on board? Maybe, but I don't know that there's a push to bring him like there would have been if this was a, a quote unquote yeah, regular I season. Think they're, they're, I think management would love to have, Tarasov get experience. I think they've got to weigh that against the idea of it being overcrowded. Well, and that's, the th I mean, this position, I've said this a million times, this position is the one that concerns me from an injury perspective through 
through no fault of any of the players. It's just how do you stay in goal in NHL goaltending shape with what these guys have just had to live through for the past 90 days. Um, And so there's going to be enough trouble getting proper reps for four as is. Do you really want to muck that up with, with a fifth guy now, if there's another coach, but I I don't, it just, and you, and you're not even, it's not even like it's their facilities where they can have a bunch of guys on the ice house rink, like they want. And the main rink, like like, this is going to be a whole different schedule scenario. Right. right? Yeah. Torts is like to have like two separate groups. He almost, it almost like wants the guys to feel like cast offs that aren't part of the playoff teams for practices. Remember this? Oh, he loves his competition. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that though, to your point, because of the, uh, exactly because of exactly. how crowded ice is going to be with 12 teams here. Although with training camp, he can do it during training camp because they're going to be by themselves in their own building. So he could have two. He could, but then again, and with the limit to the number of people a team can bring, yeah. do you, are you going to bring a fifth goalie or are you going to bring someone else that your team needs from a support yeah. perspective? I don't right. know. You know, right. Right. Maybe let Daniel Tarasov teach him how to do something on the support aspect. And then if it Perfect. falls through that you need a goalie, he can throw in the gear and away he goes. You know, Perfect. Think, He's the alternate trainer. Guy. I love yeah. it. Um, question yeah. for you, Allison, on the Twitter. Oh, boy. Uh, Jamie Mignani. Yes. Oh, you know Jamie? Yes. Is player tracking still on for the playoffs? Or did the pandemic push this back to next season? Did, did you ask for questions and I missed this? I feel wholly unprepared. No, Jamie just was feeling it tonight and threw this one out there about a half hour. Oh, I like it. Well, uh, Jamie, it's a great question. It's one I was actually just venting about. Um, it is my understanding, and this could change like everything else, that player tracking will not be test run um, during the playoffs like they had originally planned. And that really disappoints me because not only from a data perspective, which again, we still don't know if the public will ever see. Um, but I think that this, from, if you want to talk about testing that, this is a dream scenario for that. You've got empty arenas where guys can run around, they can serve as cameras, they can check technology without having to either be kept secret from fans or having access to an area that's taken over by game staff and fans. So, uh, my understanding is it's not. That could also be a cost control measure. I have no insight if that's mm-hmm. true. Um, my understanding is no, and I am on the record that I'm severely disappointed if that in fact holds. I wonder how many people that would include in, or would involve in each arena, that, that level of tracking. It's not. So, so remember, what we know is that before the shutdown, um, and I, I'm rusty, so I, I'll have to look this up, but quite a few rinks were being hooked up with the technology to do the capture. And again, the goal was to ensure that all likely playoff ranks under a a quote unquote normal structure would be equipped to have the equipment to do the tracking of the games. So this isn't like they were wholly unprepared. Um, And my understanding is that they had done some tests up into the pause. And this is not a 20 person team coming in and handling this data. And again, the beauty of data is that once it's captured, you can manipulate it from, from a bunch of places. So uh, from what I understand of the process from a couple different companies, this isn't even 10 guys. This is maybe two or three guys on site with support coming from, from elsewhere. But again, the goal is for it not to be tremendously manual, that it's coming from technology driven more so than, than total manual tracking. Gotcha. 
All right, cool. And Allison, anything else we got to get to? Uh, I think that's it for now. Crazy. We have all this hockey stuff to talk about. I know. I know. We went a little long. Who knew? Who knew? Well, we'll be back again on Friday. Thanks for listening to us. Hope you enjoyed the intro music. God, I love that intro music. It takes me, yeah, it takes me back to like early MTV a little bit. Totally. Uh, David Cook wrote that good friend of the program. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.